0: to a very special, sensual episode of Paper Keg, Paper Keg Nights, where the three remaining living hosts talk about a quote-unquote adult, mature-rated comic book. This week, Bad Dog, by one Joe Kelly and Diego Greco. Just shredding. Big this thing. This guitar just shredding. Right now. <laughs> you know David Hasshoff is the one shredding on that guitar, too. You know, you know he it. He
1: wouldn't let anybody else do it, I bet.
0: Record it in his Germany studio. <laughs> yeah, his Germany studio. would we
1: call it German? Wouldn't it just be a German studio? <laughs> <laughs> no, his
0: Germany, he, he calls it his Germany studio. It's in L.A., John's, but he calls yeah. it the Germany studio. Come on, Johnson. Come, come wake up. Uh, we have a big show. We have a special guest live with us in studio. You know, dear friend of the show, he's like a writer for some comics, I think he draws one too, dear friend Scotty, Scotty Young, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: This is huge, you know? It's huge. Big show. Huge. Big yeej. <laughs> <Yeage. laughs> oh boy. Now, Paper Keg Nights is, you know, our mature rated adult themed oh, episode, we still keep it. PG. You know, in the past we did uh, Black Kiss. Ooh. You know, a lot of hot and dirty fornication in those issues. Demons. We- Dag-
3: <laughs> Dagmar underscore A. Pumping each- names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you weren't getting pumped. In out of one page, every other yeah. page, something's wrong in that yeah. book. Oh yeah, <laughs> black, white, you name it. It was Artist, getting pumped.
1: Chaken needed like to rest his wrist, rest his like drawing hand, so he just drew like just a person on that page <laughs> before he got back to the pump.
0: <laughs> Scotty, have you read the Black Kiss series? I haven't. I I, you I, might I, be a big Chaken fan.
2: Um, yeah, I I enjoyed Chaken. I didn't read that. Uh, I just experienced it through your. Mm-hmm. the the vocal stylings of uh, the three alive members of uh, Pump and Keg. Uh, <laughs> so you guys, I don't know if I need to read it now. You guys, you guys did such a good show on it.
0: I mean, there was pumping, there was shooting, oh there was projectile, <laughs> there was shoot pumping you know, things. <laughs> Uh, what what else have we done for for paper? Again? I think. Did nice. we do Chester Five Thousand as well? We did mm-hmm. Crossed. Oh, I still
3: get crossed. letters in the mail from the government about Crossed. You know, we're yeah. watching you. Oh yeah, you,
2: you did know, sex criminals right in
3: schools.
0: Yes, we did. We did. I feel like you did that like the last one. We feel
2: like you did that like a hot tub or something. Mm.
0: <laughs> did we record that in like a hot tub? is uh, that wired? Who knows? You know yeah. what what happens in a hot tub stays in a hot tub. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Whether it be pumping or shooting,
2: I feel like there was some pumping in a hot tub while talking about uh, pump criminals.
0: <laughs> so this Sucky, week, Succubus
1: is pumping in the hot tub.
0: <laughs> this week, we 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 spoke to Scotty. We phoned him up. We're like Scotty Young. You know, what book do you want to do on Paper Keg Nights? Yeah. And you were the decision maker. And I you said, went through your rolodex. Yeah,
2: I said uh, first. I said please don't refer to me as both my names while while talking to me because it's it's weird it's weird and creepy um
3: (laughs) was that uh, your like first request and we've already blown it like
0: six times that was i didn't get that rider that rider wasn't delivered to my uh desk
2: no whenever anybody calls my phone and says hey scotty young what are you doing right now it's it's strange (laughs) it's strange
1: he's scotty's just like the checks in the mail pal (laughs) my family and my household. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: I had a hard time. Um Dale and I had some discussions on 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 options and uh we were both we were both quite afraid to I didn't I didn't really know how to google. Um, right. Wow. The kind of comic books we would need for a, an adequate PK nights discussion without having some sort of uh some sort of um, authority show up at my office.
1: Yeah, it was totally like we were on the precipice. We were on the doorstep to the dark web, <laughs> Scotty and I. And it was getting to the point where we needed to make some decisions. And You we were like Nick Cage to, in 8
3: Millimeter. Like, if you go any further, there's no turning back.
1: Yeah, and we were just going to be held accountable for who knows what. Yep. So we decided to... Uh, you know, we decided to make some decisions based on the fact that we need to put our faith in, you know, the risque section of, uh, hmm. of comiXology because we can't go down this
0: mouse hole any further. Yeah. How do like no comiXology do the work for you with the risque tag?
2: Yeah, I actually, that's what I said. I started looking through, through comiXology and the genres and, and right there at the very tail end, risque. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what mm-hmm. better category... For PK. Now, uh, I think Comixology is probably playing fast and loose with uh, what uh, what titles True. kind of in a pretty wide range up in Risqué.
0: Well, the first thing I think of when I think of Risqué is fast and loose, generally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: I yeah. think they were really pumping sure. a lot of extra titles into there. That um, mean, <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> They probably... It's probably just a CYA at this point. They need to just... Take no risks when it comes to uh, selling product. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I feel like Amazing Spider-Man renew your vows was in there. I don't really understand why that was <laughs> risque. <laughs> that the, at this point, comiXology is just kind of like, hey, that eh, fits. Yeah,
0: listen. You sometimes you just gotta maximize sales and hits. <laughs> Let's just throw risque tags on everything and be done with Let's it. Let's
2: look it up. Peanuts risque. Maybe
0: there's maybe there's some. <laughs>
2: Charlie Charlie Brown's uh, trying to get a date, risque.
1: (laughs) Maybe there's somebody, you know, some folks out there who, uh, you know, they go to comicsology.com slash risque at all cart. You know what I mean? So you're just (laughs) trying to uh, capitalize on somebody who's ready to do that. You know, whether you got got peanuts or you got...
0: Action Bible.
1: Yeah. Or demons pumping each other for... (laughs) Sensual pleasure.
0: Now, bad dog, uh, Joe Kelly, Diego Greco. Now, Jonesy, do you have any news? Jonesy, you've been live producing the show for the past couple of weeks. Do you have any news that you want to get into before to, you interrupt uh, me ne- as I move into the next I've segment? I've been
3: live producing to no one's excitement. I mean, absolute zero feedback.
0: Watch
1: out. Jonesy's going to start reading a letter first any minute now, so <laughs> hurry up and let's get the book club out.
0: <laughs> you know, how about the big news that, uh, Scotty, you're wrapping up Rocket Raccoon. Out today, final issue. Yeah. your thoughts. The end of an era. Can
2: it's it's uh, it's it's yeah. It's interesting mm-hmm. to, to to It's two years. It's kind of something I've been doing for two years. So it's a little bit interesting to to to, to for it to wrap up. It's even more interesting that I didn't actually know it was today until today. <laughs> kind of people <laughs> started it. telling me on the internet like, oh, six six is out." I was like, "Oh, ah, oh, it's such an important day."
0: Right on the calendar, circled. Yeah. Uh,
3: I'd, yeah. like, I'd like to talk about some news that's overtly sexual. Uh, Scotty, on your feelings on downloading Rocket League tonight and winding <laughs> down with some post-Rocket League, you know, after the show. What no si- what what no system? Presh. What system? Xbox One. Xbox One.
2: Uh, negatory. I don't have an Xbox well, One. Thanks for, your time. I have thanks for a, your time. I have a PS4. I have a PS4 mm-hmm. and I have Apple products, so
3: gotta, mm-hmm. gonna need you to hit stop on your uh <laughs> your quick time
2: uh using garageband because i got Apple products. a product so
3: oh, okay all right
2: you know oh, keeping it keeping it mercy keeping it most real while well, well, you guys are still on your hewlett packard's probably over there some sort of or civilians <laughs> your gateways with a cow box or something
0: <laughs> sad part is jonesy was probably using a gateway computer up until maybe like six <laughs> months ago right? you know well, let's not dwell on it. <laughs>
1: it's in the past. Re- if we could have recorded the audio where, when he made the decision to buy a new computer, it would sound like Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> Just
3: going nuts. <clears throat> and uh, we were there to, to I was beside about. myself. I was. When I realized I would need to buy again.
0: <laughs> now, Jonesy, do you want to guide us into the world of bad dog from Image Comics? How do I even
3: stick my toe? into the tepid waters of bad dog, just, sensually. Just pump that I mean,
2: toe in the water. So, you
3: know? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to try to be sultry. You know, i going to try to give you a little something. Right. You know, we got this guy named Lou, okay? He's a bounty hunter. Right off the bat, you know, people pleaser. Guess what, guys? Also werewolf, okay? So werewolf, bounty hunter. Uh, you would think... Uh, based on that premise alone, this book would stink. However, the opposite is true because he's a degenerate gambler. Uh, he's He has a sidekick, Wendell, who is probably the worst human being to ever be born on this fair <laughs> planet. Uh, and they live in this asshole house in the middle of the desert, and they take the most pee-poor bounties that they can get, and also while you know doing hallucinogens and getting uh, routinely you know drunk every morning and uh, at the same time being like totally crass womanizers and you know Lou is kind of the the he won't he's a werewolf he won't revert to his human form we don't know why but you know he definitely plays the oh woe is me card while also being a bad a werewolf and where the adult tag comes in I mean beyond Wendell being a total um, I don't even I mean I would just say straight up pervert if that you know wasn't an old fashioned yeah. term and, uh, and there's, pl- there's plenty of background characters who you know might try to entice Lou with some sexual machinery you know some manual pleasure you know order. as they call it you know and there's also quite a bit of uh, tasteful nudes in this volume a lot of violence I mean it's uh it's listen if crossed were the deep end at fourteen feet, I would say bad dog is right when you 're getting out of the shallows, but you can still with your tippy toes, keep your head above right. water, and crossed is like where you can 't quite reach the diving board so you just drowned immediately <laughs> uh, in, in the cesspool, so bad dog uh, I will say this. Reminds me a lot of like a Game of Thrones level adult entertainment where you know <clears throat> the story is so good the uh the pervertedness and and sexual nature just enhance the storytelling uh excellent adult comic book uh you know Scotty Young probably had some inside help on this one now he'll probably reached out to a colleague, somebody wrote him an email, yeah. oh, yeah, you know what I mean yeah uh mm-hmm. fantastic choice. I I'm just gonna call you Scotty. I'm not gonna call you Scotty Young. Call like Scotty Young. He like
2: that. <laughs> just call me whatever you want, you know. Call me writer, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Published <laughs> hey, award winning.
2: You know, it's Scotty. It's, it's PK Knights, you can call me Daddy Longstroke. <laughs> Go, you <can>.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> PK Knight's name.
2: Oh bad dog. Bad dog. Scotty, bad dog. Scotty
3: Longstroke. That's your new Twitter name. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah! Remember that we tried to come up with a witty name for Scotty, and I think you ended up coming up with what yourself. You you call yourself Young Blood? <laughs> young Blood. That's it exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I was astounded that you didn't land on that much earlier. I know. I think yeah. you were like Young Party, Young Person. Young and love. I was like, yeah, Young Love.
1: <laughs> I did come up with uh, LDP because he is a young gun. That was my Young
2: gun,
3: Young idiot gun was Dale. Good. Go, go drown in the deep end with Cross Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, it's okay. We'll go back and take that at that comment and post, so you don't yeah. have to reboot that every time you listen
0: to this <laughs> episode. Oh, <okay>. Boy. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. So. so, 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 Bad Dog was six issues longer than I was expected. I, I procrastinated quite hard today i mean would you say this. Dale level procrastinated or just regular uh, procrastinated? i mean i started around 4 p.m today
2: well and some of those issues right. are not 20 pages like yeah
0: they're like 50 pages
2: <laughs> like, i feel like issue the one first in, the first issue yeah <laughs> issue one and issue six is like 100 pages between the two of them <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i mean you know when you get the creative juices flowing and this isn't an, uh, this is a creator-owned book scotty too hottie can tell you you know that you got to strike that nerve you got to strike when the iron's hot and maybe your your comic is going to be a couple extra pages or 50 extra pages hey you know what i think
2: i think dale pump dragon is absolutely correct on that
1: thank you exactly thank you uh (laughs) and if anything i mean the only thing that was missing from this uh P.K. Knight's book was uh, penitentiary Love. between.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of air quotes going on. Yeah, a London woman. So... I'm, I'm not sure penetration is a word we can't say. We can read into that however we want, but I assume Dale means some kind of, you know, there were, Dale probably had a strong desire to see bestiality happen in this book, but it didn't happen, you it know, happened. in plain sight, I think is the gist. Right. Can you confirm that, Dale?
1: Confirmed. Confirmed, and that would have pushed it into that deep end that Jonesy was referring to. What, what what we have here was a really good story to read. I mean, it was like the ins and outs of Lou the Bounty Hunter, I think and he- Wendell, his sidekick, uh, who was also uh, the Goons Hell Baby issue <laughs> in terms of potty mouth,
0: mm-hmm. drugs, sex. Big drugger, big drugger. The the the, <laughs> what? the art. Uh, I He's have to drunk. say the the thing I loved the most was the art by Diego Greco. It was I I feel like I was like why haven't I ever heard of Diego Greco before? And I just looked at the year and this had come out in two thousand nine. And I was like where where's Diego Greco? I felt like the, the art in this was, was fantastic. Um, but o- like overall there was there was a weird. Um, you follow these characters through their kind of various bounties that they're doing. If you want to you know, dog the bounty hunter, obviously would be a parallel. Very similar people. Mm-hmm. Great hair, both of them. But there wasn't a kind of... Um, there was like a weird subplot about uh, a bull, Satan kind of guy, but I was wondering, there wasn't a kind of like connecting tissue story thread uh, towards the end. There was like this weird milk carton story where the little girl was on it so i was waiting for like okay maybe the final bit of the story is he's gonna like finally do it and try to find this little girl and find her and then for whatever reason it didn't it never did happen it, it almost felt like that's that was going to be the second story arc but as far as i'm aware i don't think there ever was a second story arc so it was weird for that build up and then maybe to possibly never happen
2: i think what you're saying with with uh, the the those two story threads and the I have no extra information on this, aside from the fact that wink, wink. ah, That was a winking sound. Uh, No, aside from the fact that I don't know if you guys are aware that this this started in two thousand nine, but I am. I'm almost certain that the last issue just came out this year. So there was a massive gap. And and, and I don't know if it was the last issue or the last couple issues wrapped up in this last year or year and a half or so. So if you notice what I got, knowing that while reading it, it seemed like what we got at the beginning was the seeds of a long form television show where you're watching episodes where each, each issue was kind of an episode. And there was, and there was some subtle, um, uh threads being being laid down that we were going to follow mm-hmm. ac- across a big arc you know behind e- episodic television in a way and once it kind of started going getting off time and and then it went away for a bunch of years i think when they came back uh, it it kind of seemed like maybe some of those threads obviously weren't going to get maybe the the big long run that they needed so that might be what you were saying, Matt, or, or Slim. Sorry. I don't know what your PK, PK, <laughs> P, PK name is.
3: Bleep that out. Your
1: PK, that right your,
2: your, your PK night name. <laughs> that might be what you were...
1: <laughs> you really parted the uh, sex clothes there with the, the sensual nature <laughs> and really got personal
0: on this PK night. Can't episode. help it. Can't help it. Well, you're right, because I just looked it up, and the print release of the final issue was 2014. Yes. So there was a healthy a healthy break or a healthy distance between the beginning and the end of this arc right. or maybe even series at this point.
2: Yeah. Cause you, you, it really felt to me while reading those first, those, the, the run up was, it really felt like it, there was a lot of character development happening, which I thought was amazing. Like a book like this on the surface feels like it, it probably won't get the, that character development that, you know, when you, when you think about a comic and you think about, You know, there's going to be some sex toys laying around, and this and everything's kind of over the top, and really, you you don't often expect that to also have like a master like Joe Kelly there, really lacing a lot of character development there. And what it felt like at the beginning is he was slow rolling a story that he was going to tell over time, and and then it at the end it felt like well. You know, whatever whatever the circumstances were, that's not going to happen. So we're going to kind of skip over some of that stuff and just wrap it up in this little story. And they still did a good job of that. Uh, but you could kind of yeah. feel the difference between the ramp up and the end.
1: Uh, you really get the f- sense that, I mean, there was a lot of build up with the little poor little girl in the milk carton. Yes. And the, uh, the lady, the drunk lady who worked at child services, like there was going to, you could tell you could be that she had a story that was supposed to be told. And then at the end, like the last issue, she's just like, Oh yeah, here's the paperwork on that. Lou. Like you did never got into the fact that she was drinking on the job, trying to like for a specific reason, not just to, you know, hang it all up for a night because, uh, she was dealing with you know kids in these situations so by the end you're scotty i didn't even think about that but yeah that's that's that was a perfect like compliment to the fact that the poor girl in the milk carton carton story ended along with uh that lady's um kind of side story alcoholism yeah dale just Uh, wanted to
3: go uh, to her he just wanted to be like i will just i will hold you you right. you give me that
0: bottle. She, she looked like she needed a friend. You know? Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> sitting pl- start, all alone.
3: I was gonna
1: queue up some Chicago and just really like maybe some <laughs> Peter Cetera, and <laughs> uh, just tell her it was gonna be okay. You know,
0: you know, at the end, I for whatever reason kept thinking that the girl on the milk carton was going to be Daisy. I did too. And I thought at the end yeah. that it was Daisy. I did like, too. I was like, is
2: it Daisy? <laughs> she had the same color hair and the same blue eyes. Like I, I that
0: I, I was just I was waiting for more of like a connective tissue because maybe like the address of the restaurant or like last known address and it was like the restaurant or something where it was more obvious. Oh. But outside of that, I totally thought that that was Daisy.
2: Yeah, I thought that was going to because there was a there was two comments during the beginning again that kind of felt like a little disconnected from how it ended up wrapping up. Where there was the one con- comment that said, "How long do you think that they have?" how long do you think that they're missing before they do the carton? And because of that, Mm -hmm. I thought that was going to be the cut. Like, look how pathetic we are. We, you know, we put this child's missing thing on and now she's an adult, like, you know, killing people or whatever. Right. So I thought there was a chance that that would be the, the get there. Um, but also connected to the, the, the child, child services or whatever, the, the, the drunk woman there. When, when she said, there was that one time when she said, like something about like let the little lost girls club begin or whatever. That yeah, she that,
0: made a weird comment.
2: Yeah, she made a weird comment there, and that felt like because he was just asking, oh. like, "Hey, I'm looking for this girl," and they're like, "Get out of here!" And then she's kind of like, "Let the little lost." And I thought, "Oh, this is gonna be some cre- this is gonna be some creepy child trafficking stuff because yes, this, yes, this, exactly. this is the kind yes. of story clearly like." clearly joe was really diving down in his storytelling and just being like all right i'm going to get some demons out right and and mm-hmm. it seemed like that was really a place that this kind of story would have went i feel like if it would have had you know 20 more issues or something like that you know
0: right because maybe that would explain why she was drinking like i'm an alcoholic because i'm trafficking these young missing girls right. so let me just wallow in my own depression right <laughs> Jonesy, your thoughts.
3: Uh, I mean, if you're going to end a book, you know, Joe Kelly is really able to shift the book thematically. Like, he pumps his toe into the uh, the water of, like, supernatural. So you could tell that was a, another avenue he wanted to take it, you know, the existence of vampires, that, that kind of bull god uh, that kind of played heavily in the second half of the book. But you could tell that he switched the theme and he did it so well from being this is a supernatural thriller okay I have to wrap up this book so maybe the theme is just life sucks and then you die and how do I tell mm-hmm. that story and to be able to ramp up the supernatural and then just as quickly take it away and not detract from the overall quality of the book is a real testament to, to his writing that, you, that he can rein it in and right. still tell a complete story by the time you're done reading this volume.
1: Yeah, and it was done. The exit was done like so, kind of tastefully and peacefully, and not very disjointedly. Like it, it flowed, and it was a clear end to the six issue arc, uh, instead of a continuation. That he was able to just you know, sensually change the storyline enough, mm-hmm. super sensually. to do that.
0: Also, it, it, knowing now how long it took for the series, I'm just coming back to like all the various plot threads that maybe just got dropped due to time, et cetera. But there was one conversation where he's, you know, there's this decapitated head in Lou's fridge.
2: <gasps> I totally forgot about and, that.
0: Yeah. Which never really, you know, ever amounted to anything because there's no time or whatever. But they had this conversation. He's asked briefly why he's never changed back from being the werewolf. And the head is talking to him about cancer during mm-hmm. one of the conversations. And they made it sound, maybe it was obvious to everyone else, but they made it sound like he's not changing back to being human because he has cancer. And if he changes back, he's going to die. Mm. Anyone else pick up on that?
2: Yeah, I actually did. I picked up on that because that it was, I think, um, Jason Aaron kind of does a similar thing with Thor, right? Mm.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know. Spoilers. Yeah. The,
0: uh
2: <laughs> a yep. bunch of Thor readers up in yep. the house. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, she oh, has... Oh, yeah, uh, she essentially has... Can- she has sensual cancer.
0: Oh, you mean... Oh, okay, the new Thor. Yeah, the, yes, n-
2: the, new, the new Thor is kind of the, a similar vibe, and that's why uh, having that already in my head, I was like, oh, I think that, that probably was where he was going, was like, if I stay on this side of it, um, you know, it's a lot harder to kill me. Uh, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. the, the cancer thing was probably the big thing, but you know, what's so crazy is at that last couple issues so long, that last issue is so long and you kind mm-hmm. of get wrapped up in a whole, it's basically a really long episode, right? Cause you, you, you kind of almost, I almost forgot about the head until you just brought it up and that was such <laughs> a big deal. I kept wondering, like, is he thinking there's a head in there? Is there a head in there?
0: I thought it was his human self. That he was, like, having a discussion with in the fridge. And it still could there be. Was this, we'll find out in 2020 <laughs> in uh, Bad Dog <laughs> 7.
3: He's only releasing it in dog ears.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Jonesy, Jonesy, why don't you just hit stop, yep. and then we'll continue yeah. with us three. Yeah, Hit stop. <laughs> just pump pump your finger on the stop button. Hey, listen, listen, just
3: listen, we let Dale continue after he dropped that LVP joke, and everything I'm, was fine. Everything was sugar sugar. Teams, I want you to get then, your
2: mouse that still has a cable on it connected to your gateway, <laughs> okay? And I just want you to insert your finger.
0: You can't say insert on this podcast. That's that's too suggestive.
3: Dale wouldn't even say penetrate. He had to say penitentiary. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: it's, just, it's weird you hearing you say it, Jonesy. It's freaking
2: <laughs> me out. Um, <laughs> no, I do... I, here's the th- the thing that I walked away from this was... like, And again, as I was reading it, I was actually looking forward to figuring out how they were going to handle the gap. Cause I knew there was a gap going into reading it and I wanted to see how they dealt with it. Um, and oftentimes we hear in comics or in, or in movies or whatever, you always hear people talk about like, Oh, this is a character driven story, right? Like that's the tagline we like to throw around, but often it's really a plot. They're mostly plot driven stories. And this one really is a character. St- it, it, there's, there's not a giant plot for you to grab onto. So it really is Mm -hmm. mainly you following this character and piece by piece, learning more about the character. The stuff that he's doing is not really the story, like him going and catching whatever skip that he's after. To me, wasn't that wasn't the get? It was it was like little by little. His little, you know, at the beginning and end of each issue, where he went on, you know, you had the extra dialogue. So you know, that inner dialogue or inner monologues, where he was talking about the you know first time he read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and the librarian told him where to find it. You know, back near the the bathrooms. Yeah, back near the toilets or whatever. Like those kind of things. To me, that was what. That's when I was like, you know, this. Everything about this book, the art, the character, the pl- the storyline, everything about this book in a lesser writer's hands would have been a disaster. Like Agree. You know, it would I'd have just like been that. a like a uh, it would just would have been like all the comics would be like, "Ah, oh, they just wanted to say D and put that D in the V and then pump that D in the v. <laughs> They just mm-hmm. wanted to do a bunch of that stuff. But Joe is I mean, you know, we're talking about the guy who's wrote Four Eyes and wrote i kill giants and you know this guy is he's a class act man and he was able to like even when writing just complete kind of smut and filth he still makes it about character it's fantastic
1: yeah it's it's cool to see lou like really battling the fact that he might have a a conscience and he might Kind of want to getting back in touch with this human side because this little girl keeps popping up and he can't stop thinking about her on this milk carton, and maybe just maybe he wants to do some good, even though it like betrays everything that he knows. And catching dirt bags for money is what he should be doing, but deep down it's like there's this nagging sense that he could still contribute and be like a hero. Even after he's given up, like, he's finding his way back, and he just can't come to grips with it. It's so cool to see how that's managed in between all the chaos with uh, his, uh, you know, Orin, one of the greatest characters in comic book history, his (laughs) new
0: Las Vegas buddy... (laughs) (laughs)
2: it was also kind of
0: he also had to be like four feet tall yeah Yeah. like every secondary character in this book besides the women was like (laughs) you know four feet tall
2: well at one point because it was weird because at one point they call him a gnome near the end and all of a sudden i was like (laughs) wait because this is a world with vampires and a werewolf and they've had this silhouetted kind of bull Mm. god is he actually a gnome like like I would, right. you know, if they, uh, there's so many questions. Like I'm, listen, when I'm done, I'll probably just call Joe. You know, I mean,
1: oh, I'll, probably just, okay, I'll probably just, I'll probably just call
2: him and just tell him to tell me the next couple of years of this story. and No bigs, <laughs> um, but no, there was like a, there was a there was a couple strings there that I wanted to I wanted to see where it all went. I really wanted to see where I really want to know where the supernatural stuff was heading because. They do such a good he did, they do such a good job at the beginning of making you believe in a world where it's all normal except for this one werewolf. Like right there's nothing else there's nothing else and then a couple issues in all of a sudden there's vampires and then you're like and that was kind of like a reveal right like ah. Uh, you thought we were just doing some kind of quirky goon book, right? Kind of a little bit where it's mm-hmm. like, here's this world, and, the, and you just bought, you bought into the fact that there's one odd ball character in it. And then about around issue three, all of a sudden, there's a van full of these bizarre vampires, and you're like, whoa, where's this going? And then there's the bull god stuff. The, that, that's a string I want to see where it was going. And then also the blind bartender. No. At, what was her name? I thought it was Daisy. Oh, was that Daisy from the end?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. And now, looking back, did you think that the terrorist was the missing girl? Because well, there was a lot
2: of similar colored hair going on. There was. She wore like eight different wigs. That's that was messing me up. Be, see, I didn't know that until just now. You because the the faces of the females were a little bit similar, and then there was mm-hmm. a lot of wig action going on. And even at the end when I thought it was Daisy was the milk carton girl, and then she all of a sudden in one panel she had like pink hanging out of her hair. And then I was like, is that a pink strand? Did she dye a strand? But then there's also Mm -hmm. the 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 call girl that was had kind of reddish pink hair. I started to get a little confused (laughs) on how on Plus there was
0: also the dancer or the you know, the woman of the night. The character, yeah, yeah Ruby, that, I think that, was yeah, Ruby, was that was Ruby. About, that's right? who I was
2: like, and those two showed up kind of around the sim, uh, same time. So, it was, yeah, I actually didn't re- realize that the blind bartender was, yeah, I, okay, yep, that's my bad.
0: We're on the same, we're on the same page. Now. That's my
2: bus dude. We're on my on the same bust. Page. <laughs> <laughs> you okay.
0: So there you have it, bad dog. We got your
3: letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you.
0: All right. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter. We'll read it on there. our first letter uh,
3: from dear friend of the show. Uh, we've met him live in person. Uh, Irrational Beers, he writes to us, uh, Good evening, gents. I've officially kicked off my Father's Day weekend an hour ago. I'm three Molson Canadians and an arrogant bee into my three-day vacation. My staycation will consist of a 12-hour D&D sesh, a smoked ribs dinner, a bourbon tasting, the latest offering from Ballast Point Brewery, and plenty of Xbox One. I'm wondering how you guys will be celebrating the best holiday of the year, and what your go-to beverage will be. Also, looking forward to hearing this big announcement. Till next time in Rational Beers. My drink of choice. Uh, you know, this is i I'm like an onion, many layered answer. definitely not onion juice. <laughs> uh I think Yingling Lager oh God. just probably still, you know, right there in my uh my toolbox, my drinking toolbox. Wow. With a, with a sidecar of uh Tullamore Dew, Irish whiskey. Those who have known me for a long time know that's my my typical pairing. Some people pair uh, beer and food. I pair uh, beer with more booze, and that's you know how I gained Served up to well. three hundred forty pounds at one point in my life. Just keep them coming,
0: <laughs> you know. Keep them coming. How did you celebrate Father's Day, Genzi?
3: <laughs> uh, very, my my family took me uh to one of my favorite restaurants, Maggio's, and they got me uh some chocolate chip pancakes with a side of bacon, and uh, my sons. Built me a uh, like a memory box, like a little wooden box with her handprints on it. I'm gonna put some knickknacks in it. Mm. It's very nice. Mm.
0: How, how about you it's guys? Really
3: nice. It's no? Just Scotty, no last name.
0: <laughs> Anyone else?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I, I originally I was going to a request that I go get to go kayaking that day, but then I was like, you know, let's just pull it back. It's Father's Day. Real. Let's be real and. Like I should spend it with my family, so therefore we really didn't do any things I wanted to do because bringing kids to a museum or something would just not be fun for me. So we just played it low key. Went to a family cookout. You know,
3: I wept
0: <laughs> in your canoe <laughs> alone in the garage. Yeah I, th- yeah, I
3: see like you fashioning the potato salad into a canoe. <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought my uh, my boonie hat. Just to pretend like I'm out there, the sun. He just got, he just
2: got the deviled egg, and he's just that's a little. Can, look at my little canoe. My I, could be, I could be out
0: there, but instead i here with you. But I, that, that's shocking to me because when we were on the beach last year, you were you were itching to get out of that house and any excuse to get into that kayak. You know, I feel like this would have been mm-hmm. prime time. You've been like, yeah, Father's Day, peace.
2: Yeah, you cast, yeah, you cast that card, and you cast that yeah. Father's Day card right
1: yeah it's I, I i was very tempted and then uh i i, I don't know i just I had this guilty thing maybe i could cash i won't be able to cash it in another day no, let's be real so that's, that's, I, I, that expired. was my one fleeting
0: chance you, know, yes. you blew it you yeah. blew it what about scotty what did you do on uh father's day
2: um i read i just i had uh, uh some beverages uh. and i read uh i mean you know we we hung out so we have we have um our son is 10 months old and mm. six, almost seven years old. So um, the the day before <laughs> I had put together a trampoline that I thought would take me an hour, <laughs> took me six times that. Um, so the next day uh, we let, he bounced around on that. And so we just kind of set out in the yard and nice, relaxing day of uh, reading. I just know. got to read and yeah nice. that's Joyous. it yeah because you know it's like i often i'm not a person who thinks going to do things i, I often have the reality of how relaxing they're not right you, know, you always you always think oh yes today i'm gonna go do the thing right and you think you're just gonna have this relaxing especially if the kids come along it's gonna be mm-hmm. and no we just uh it was the exact opposite we thought nope let's just chill and nice. you know it's obviously with the with the baby it's 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 always a much tougher to go out and do any any sort of special activity because you're still so such a slave to the times and the naps and the and all the the mm-hmm. whole stuff so this is kind of our year of all special holidays are spent doing kind of just at home chill stuff so
3: <sighs> sounds divine <laughs> it really does to not have to pack up a truck sounds amazing
2: It was good though. I read I read a book that basically broke down all the storytelling things that Pixar does in all their movies.
0: Black Kiss Two,
2: Black (laughs) Kiss Two, the story of Pixar storytelling.
0: Chicken Dagmar,
2: (laughs) just (laughs)
1: Uh. just mouthfuls of. Uh, Next up is a very exciting, howdy, here's one for you, Han Solo, Marjorie Lee, and Mark Brooks. Ah, now this is Star Wars. If this is the feel of the Han Solo standalone movie, I'm in 100%. Side note, fellas, I might be starting another movie project mid-July. Something that rhymes with fulva bean pee? What? Don't know for sure if it would happen, but
0: wouldn't that be neat? I read that letter, and I still don't know what rhymes with that. That would have been a movie project. Bean pee.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like he did not think that <laughs> that uh, rhyming word out. <laughs>
1: the only thing I could kind of come up with is Halloween 3, which is not possible. Is Rob Zombie going to do the word, Halloween movie? Fulva.
2: Say the word one more time. Fulva like bean
0: pee. Fulva bean pee. Fulva bean pee. I don't know. So third movie, maybe. Third movie franchise. Jack Reacher 3. No. Wolverine 3? Wolverine 3. Wolverine three? Oh. Oh. Wolverine three. Okay. All right. Man, that man. was a lot of work. That did that did take a lot of work. A lot of effort. and We don't even know if it's I'm really a writer.
2: right. Listen, I'm a writer now, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, i seen those set photos of Hugh Jackman looking haggard with that beard. Kissing my fingers right now. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's
2: amazing. <laughs> Loving it. Yeah. <Get> <laughs>
0: Our next letter, strap yourselves in,
3: guys. Next letter, howdy keggers. Uh, Subject is, how do you find Marvel books? Uh, I want to get into Marvel, but I'm struggling. I grew up on Superman and Batman comics in the 90s and branched out to some of the other DC titles when I got to college. DC comics come naturally to me because of this, I guess. I've tried a few times over the years to start reading Marvel comics, but I really just can't seem... Get into them. Don't get me wrong, there were a handful of good runs, but nothing to make me add a title to my pull list. It seems like every time I find a title that might get inst- interesting, it quickly changes creators and goes downhill fast. The most recent example I can think of is The Incredible Hulk with Jason Aaron and Mark Silvestri. That pairing had so much potential, but went away after only six issues. It was basically garbage after that. Oh and yes, I know this particular gosh. example was five years ago, but that's about the last <laughs> time I bothered to try to find a Marvel series worth pulling. Uh, I know, oh. I, I know, I can just wait and <laughs> let history decide which runs are good and just pick them up in trades uh, in later years. But I want to read them something monthly. So what am I missing? You guys seem to love Marvel and always talk about new great books. I just can't seem to be able to find them. Take care. Uh, that's from Brandon Elsora Gigante on Twitter. He writes, P.S. I just logged into Patreon for the first time since I moved in December, and apparently my credit card on file had expired. When this happens, Patreon keeps track. Maybe I shouldn't read this on the air. I'm going to go ahead <laughs> and uh, find it for the first <laughs> time in five years, edit my own self. I uh, feel
2: like you're getting ready to give his address Brandon,
3: this is, a, um, this is a, a long letter and I just want, please, on the doll show me where they hurt you Okay? My
0: Marvel gosh. books what are an, great What an obscure Marvel book too, to have been yeah. shunned That's by the one? Yeah. That's the one that, that yeah. sets the tone? The,
2: the first book that Mark Silvestri comes back to draw at Marvel in the last 25 years <laughs> I don't know that anybody expected that book to go past two issues so six <laughs> issues was like that's an epic run. Um, I would, but I'd say look, you know it's it's easy to do because he brings up Jason Aaron, who, let's face it, is the best writer in comics. Mm-hmm.
3: Right? We'll go ahead and second mm-hmm. that. Uh, Agreed. Third.
2: You Third. could so you could just basically just rattle off books that he like his Thor run, which is still going. Uh, Wolverine, Wolverine,
3: Weapon X. You guys remember that little hot bit? Yeah. That little hot piece.
2: Thor run absolute gold. His Wolverine and the X Men absolute oh, gold.
1: God. Uh, now I feel just, comfortable uh, enough to say it on Paper Cake Nights, but I am sensualing myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're you're pumping. You're sensualing. Mm-hmm.
3: The real
1: reason uh, you're pulling
2: yeah, I mean, out. <laughs> just Jason Aaron alone as the example in his own letter is is there's enough examples of his books alone that I think are worth it. Um, it, It's, it's, it's interesting because his, that letter is so the opposite of the thing you usually hear people say over the last five years. Yeah. It's usually you have people saying the exact opposite, which is like, man, I really wish I could get into DC stuff, but I just can't penetrate this I um, just can't get into this stuff, now, but yeah, Marvel. You know, Marvel's you know kind of circled around so much. I'm
3: gonna play El Sor Gigante's advocate real quick. I don't think he expected mm-hmm. when he penned that letter that we would have the big guns to fire back at LDP <laughs> <laughs> in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, nobody thought Long would be here to you yeah. know singlehandedly. <laughs> Answer this letter with just mouthfuls of uh, advice. Poor guys in a corner, never going to write us a letter again.
2: (laughs) No, really, though. I mean, again, Jason Aaron—you could go to his Doctor Strange right now that he's doing with 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 Chris. It's great. You could read Mark Wade's. These are all things I really hope that he goes and gives a try. You can go do uh, Mark Wade and Somni's run of Daredevil. Oh yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's super... No, because I, I do understand what he's saying. and He's not wrong. Books, they get rebooted every 12 issues and they kind of change it. That's happening a lot. But there's a few pockets where that doesn't happen. You know, that, that a couple creators get on there and they create magic. I think Wade and Somni are obviously definitely one of those, those pairings on Daredevil that had a good lengthy run over the course of years. Um, right now, you could check out Slot and and Mike Allred's, uh Silver Surfer, mm. which is super mm. cool.
0: That's good. You
2: know yeah. what I mean? If you're like, if you're some sort, if you're kind of like into Doctor Who, kind of like cosmic-y stuff like that, you're gonna love that book. It's kind of like a romance book, kind of Doctor Who romance book. Um, it's just, just, I think Marvel is doing. It's kind of like they're doing the cool. And this, is, I wish it didn't sound like a company guy because it's not because of that, but they really are doing. Mm-hmm outside-the-box thinking cool stuff, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's cool.
1: Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, you're 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 spot-on, Scotty. It's, you're absolutely right. You just got to know where to start, and it doesn't necessarily have to be with the stuff that's ongoing right now. What? Right. But Scotty just named some epic books. Got, uh, Thor, God of Thunder, before he gets oh, into God. the, God. the rivet current in that book. I, I, oh, listen, my, my power's about to go out. You know what I'm saying? I feel like... <laughs> I feel like this whole this collaboration that we have be, be, with the four of us and Paper Keg Nights is the setting. I feel like we could put like a a backdrop, tra- like a sound backdrop of like we're inside of a Roman bathhouse together, and maybe we have a <laughs> well, towel yeah. on. And there's just but like maybe dripping. We
3: don't. There's just like that dripping.
1: That <laughs> twink, twink, twink. yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. And listen, and guys, it's
2: P, it's PK it's PK Knights. It's all skin in the end, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's. I mean, we've all we all got the same thing and we've all seen it before and uh, so this is like, like this is how it used to go this is how Roman senators used to do it you know just letting it all hang out and just talking about what's happening out there in the world you know I feel like it's <laughs> Roman
3: senators <laughs>
1: oh there you go uh, next week yeah. is back. still crazy after all these years Writes uh, at asbiv on the Twitter. Did I say congrats on reaching 250? If not, then here's to you and all the other hosts. Most better than one of your living members, <laughs> who brought us great comics reviews and friendship tales. Who knew you could keep this up for so long? After hearing episode 251, I thought things were coming to a close. So did we? You just, you just kept spitting those cool tunes. Looking forward to more rebirth reviews and awaiting the inevitable price rise and quality decline or maybe the mojo is shifting to DC as Marvel struggles to find their footing after secret Ooh. wars. In any event, I we know we should have screened these letters. I feel, in I any feel event, like we could have vetted these a little better. Senator young, <laughs> Senator young is just a fourth <laughs> member contributing member to the Senate. Right He's now. Sir long stroke
2: coming in hot.
1: Uh, in any event, I know you all bring us great books, both on and off the beaten path. Here's a few listener light rounds to finish up my remarks. Watson and Ohms, Noir Edition, number one. Take Sherlock Ohms and Dr. Watson <laughs> and make them African-American in Harlem, and what do you get? Awesome story with both detective and racial elements to infuse the characters with real interest. It's more than elementary. Mm-hmm. Alice Matheson, number one. Z Day from Delcour by Jean-Luc Istan and Philip Vadael. A nurse who's a psychopath in a hospital that becomes ground zero in a zombie outbreak. Some corrupt administrators and a cop who's happy to shoot victims in the head. Those French people sure know how to write, draw, and color a story. Peace, Stephen, at Asbiv on the Twitter. Thank you, Asbiv, for that uh, letter. It means a lot. Thank you for those lightning rounds.
0: 251, he thought it was the end. Yeah. Was that the episode that you guys did together?
3: Yeah. That's a little troll. He trolled us a little bit. You know what I mean?
0: Get them. Scotty, get them.
2: <laughs> get in there.
0: Scott, Scott did you, you listen bang. to episode 251?
2: Was that just these two? That was. What did you guys talk about? <laughs> I don't know episode numbers.
0: Uh, the right. Five Fists of Science.
2: I did listen to it, yep.
0: Hmm. Did you think it was the end or yeah. a new beginning?
2: um i thought it was a monday probably i don't know right
0: cool. see he knows scotty knows <laughs> that
1: it's
3: dale. not dale. anything
2: drastic
3: dale. dale put some ice on that burn it's okay we'll be all right we'll, uh, uh, next i thought
2: one. it i thought it was the show that i listened to before the next show that i listened to because <laughs> you guys won't give me three-hour podcasts. Well, you
0: you want your dream is like a nine hour episode because yes. you're at home you yes. listen to those podcasts nonstop. you want a three-hour show Listen, we yep. the, the buck stops here, Scotty. Oh
2: my gosh! Yeah, I might keep guys buck. on all night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so he might do it too,
3: <laughs> Scotty. Too uncorking a second bottle of wine, just swirling
0: yeah. that glass. No one even knows where he's getting these bottles of wine. They're just appearing next to him. <laughs> he's pulling. He's got like some kind of. He's in the wine cellar. He's probably got some it's awesome recliner little. that just like ejects bottles of wine
1: from the refrigerated arm.
2: Just sitting on this movie style like recliner, mm-hmm. kicking it's a gorgeous this gorgeous uh, this Francis uh, Coppola mm. uh, diamond collection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pinot Noir 2013 vin- it's vintage. A great, that
0: is a great year.
3: Great year for For a second, I thought he was going to say vertage. I mean, anyone else have vertage coming out? No? I don't even know what L- LDP. Happening. LDP. Has, uh, <laughs> call LDP.
0: Do we have any other letters?
3: Uh, next letter. Uh, final listener lightning
1: round. Well, I, I think mark? we might be hitting uh, Slim's dreaded 30-minute letters. Uh, S-
3: <laughs> hey, boys, I just finished your final roundtable, and I got to say, I was saddened. So that's how it all ends, uh-uh. huh? Not with a bang, but with an insert Slim's spot-on Prince impersonation here. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> allow, allow me to whimper along with you to my final listener lightning round. Uh, the plan was always to end it at four letters. So it's only fitting that I should end with Batman 51 written by Scott Snyder with pencils by Gregory Capuyo. He writes, my love affair for Snyder's Batman blossomed during his new 52 run with his youth, youthful stud-like passion for the character, helicoptering my meaty legs above my head and the Chun-Li style love making a new readership. And he actually adds the Chun-Li gif uh, sure. describing that in the letter. Uh, but with the passing of time i have found deeper pleasure in this quiet gotham is issue the way older lov- lovers grow to appreciate an intimate spooning a pair of warm arms this is a long Thanks. lightning round and a small reassuring poke at the swallow by back as scott <laughs> presses closer whispering
2: you're just that's like- a lot of sentences that's that is not yeah, that's two not sentences. They,
3: he has definitely ignored the cap uh you're just yeah. as beautiful to me now in the when you first called me El Maestro all those years ago. <coughs> uh, I know I say it every week, but I really do enjoy your shows. First introduced to you fellows through Echo Rift. Rest wow. in peace. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been a fan ever since. Uh, signing off one last time. You're all new, all different legacy friends of the show. At Nieto underscore NMS on the Twitter. Uh, postscript Donny G and MCon, If you ever hear this, no, I'll never delete you from my iTunes I know you're still up there, still flying. Emoji.
1: Wow. Emoji.
0: Echo Rift. Don Garvey and friends went from posting four podcast episodes a week to mm. no internet presence. Mm. He just went cold mm-hmm. turkey.
3: They could still be Drop releasing episodes had they limited themselves to one a week. We would still have two more years of Echo Rift. <laughs> How about...
1: um. When Jonesy read that part of the letter, he and he whispered like, uh, like he was about ready to break into a Cypress Hill song, <laughs> like some psycho oh, getting ready dude. to whisper.
2: Oh, Scotty just like went it.
0: full mast. He did.
2: I really, yeah. really am hurt that nobody laced in a Cypress Hill song right here. It's
0: yeah,
3: really we, just we're just trying to work out me. this new equipment. We just can't, yeah, you know, yeah, give us some time. trouble a give to us hot time. anymore.
2: Boom okay. biddy bye bye.
1: Oh boy, I'm having illusions. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Boom, baby. Bye-bye.
1: One more letter, guys. Holy I mean, we're...
3: <laughs> 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 This
1: is from a uh, friend of the show, uh, Troy to the Max Extreme.
2: Troy to the Max.
1: And uh, Be Real, guest <laughs> host. Hello there, fellas. I thought that was really cool about the article that dropped... I, I thought... That was really cool <laughs> about that article that dropped about you guys. So I, I did read it right. Even though it gave away secrets, uh, let's edit this out because Jonesy is going to be hot to trot. Uh, redacted, redacted, that's awesome. Secondly, me and the bro at Dino Nealman were gung frigging ho to try to make it to Baltimore this year. Found cheap tickets and we're going for the three day weekend pass. But alas, My younger brother is getting married that same weekend. My anniversary is not that far behind. This year isn't in the cards, and I don't need the threat of a looming divorce that Jonesy so eloquently described on that sounder to be made real. Lastly, have you guys been watching Preacher on AMC? What are your thoughts? I haven't seen this past episode, but I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Keep up the great work at Troy to the Max on Twitter. P.S. Dale. Can we get some count updates on that hardcover collection?
3: Oh, yeah. We never got the Look,
1: official I'm number of hardcovers. about to count my hardcovers live on the podcast. That is not good hardcover! entertainment. Um, you know, maybe have Cypress Hill count it, read it. Maybe talk about the, uh, the Dagmar love triangle. Maybe there's some of the things that can be talked about on this podcast. But counting out my hardcover collection live... Is Washington,
3: watching Preacher?
1: Uh,
2: I haven't watched it yet. Neither have I.
3: Katie and I worked, uh, watched the first episode. She uh, was, to her phrase, not into it.
2: Did Dale, you, did you watch it?
3: I did not watch it, no.
1: Did not watch it yet.
2: Huh. VP of not watching it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Take that uh, to your focus groups, AMC. <laughs> Seth Rogen, <laughs> executive producer. Huh?
0: AMC. There's one recurring theme that Dale just hates: TV producers in Hollywood. I don't know what caused that <laughs> yes, rift. And, and movie
3: trailers—they uh, they always seem like they're directed at him.
1: AMC. It makes something bubble in my guts, like I'm in a Roman vomitorium, and not the bathhouse that I need to be in. I'm talking uh, uh, about the my constituents, about my people uh, out there in Roman times with my co-hosts. Senators, I probably got one leg up on a stone bench, maybe some sort of terry cloth <laughs> draped over my thigh. Huh? I want to be in a bathhouse, not being
0: not self gagging in a vomitorium. <laughs> Next week, I don't know if we have a book yet, but it's been bandied about Dark oh, Knight, do. a Batman story, Paul Dini and Eduardo Risso. Maybe. Stay tuned.
3: About
1: that su- Cypress Hill supergroup, Scotty, that's formed. Did they form yet?
2: <clears throat> I am. Uh, I'm going to be. Mm.
1: You're, you're torn.
2: I'm going to be really honest. I'm really skeptical about this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Gambit I'm it. a really, really massive Rage Against the Machine fan. Um, I don't know how old, how old is everybody here.
3: We're all in our 30s. Dale you, pushing I'm 35 oil. years,
2: like 45 and a half. Okay, so so everybody's around. I mean, we, we kind of all grew up with them from the beginnings, right? Yeah. It was always weird for me to have them become audio slave. I could never wrap my head around it because it sounded like you took Rage Against the Machine instrumentals and took Soundgarden acapellas and did like a weird mixtape with them. It just never felt right. the
3: kids call um, it mashup, right?
2: Yeah uh, it's just strange. It was strange for me. And this, I saw a couple of videos of them live and they're actually performing rage against the machine songs. Mm. So oh, gosh. be real. And Chuck D are performing rage against the machine songs. And it is strange. Mm. Um, I've yet to hear, I've yet to hear an original song. So I can't, I don't want to judge yet until I do that. But, um, it's it's interesting.
0: What's their yeah. band name? Do they have a new band name?
2: Yeah, it's Prophets of Rage, right?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yep.
2: Prophets of Rage, yeah. Mm. Um, but you guys, you guys have a little connection to that, right? Your your intro song for the entire run of your show has been a little Tom Morello action, right? Street Sweeper Social Club. Uh, I'm so mad at you right now. So <laughs> mad at you right now. This is
0: why you're here, Scotty. Scotty just squinty-eyed, disgusted face me. He He's right done there. with us, probably. Yeah, he is done. You guys though. have
2: done two hundred million episodes with uh, clap for them gangsters, and you just and then you talk about raids Against the Machine, and there's no string between the two of them.
0: I mean, I still don't even get it. I'm gonna have to come back. I saw the Night Watchman. Can I be honest? I hate Tom Morello and the Night Watchman. I thought he was so full garbage. I saw he opened for uh, what's that one band? I can't remember. But anyway, Night Watchman. I just felt like it was junk. He's junk.
2: What's what's the Night Watchman?
0: That was his uh, solo band, Tom Morello. Tom Morello, uh, Oh, I didn't know that. No, it's not good. Tom Morello and the Night Watchman. I think is the.
2: I don't think I heard that one good yeah i'm I'm skeptical of prophets of rage but i'll give it a chance, give it a I'm chance a, yeah i'm a be real fan i'm a chuck d fan i'm a rage against the machine fan so uh, you just can't
1: let we'll see what happens you just can't let the current interfere with what you enjoyed in the past you know and that's tough that's tough
2: it's tough it's also a little bizarre too because it. it is it's it's getting hard to watch to wrap your head around the fact that we're all aging, right. In the way where be real, like when you see be real now, like be real was like this young, you know, "Ah, I'm going to talk about smoking weed. Mm -hmm. He's just and that, this young guy. Now he's like up on stage and you're like, Whoa, not super young. It's not super young. (laughs) And so it's like, and then you're like, you're also, you start to kind of wrap your head around the kind of the, the activism type music. And it, you know, again, when Rage Against the Machine* Sheen started and it, it was Zach LaRocca and they're, you know, they're young, yeah. angsty, you know, teens. It's fiery. And, you know, now it's kind of like, does it, I, I'm not saying they don't feel that way, but it still doesn't feel like, you guys are like, you guys are like mad rich now. It's kind of insane how rich you guys all are. And so it's it's that kind of takes away a little bit of the angsty anger that I think is behind the music a little bit. So it's I'm interested, but we'll see where it goes. Mm.
3: Like they have a lot of angst and anger, but they're going to hop in their Cadillac and drive their kid to gymnastics. So like, how harmful (laughs) is it? You know what I mean?
0: Right. The Tom Morello (laughs) opened the concert. I saw was for Serge Tankian. That's the concert Mm. I went to. They do a lot of
2: this business. <laughs> That's
0: all it was. It was five hours of making... <laughs> Man, that <was> insane.
1: <laughs> sort of mocking in there. Mockery.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, while Dale was... Pardon me, Mono, Dale was offline for 40 minutes when he had no okay. power, but we were about to talk about Game of Thrones Season 4 that Scotty is getting back into.
3: Oh, yeah. So, this previous Sunday's episode... Uh, yes. entitled Battle of the Bastards, Are You Caught Up?
2: Oh, for sure, yeah. The, I'm having the greatest time right now with Game of Thrones because we watch it week to week, but I'm also in the middle of a rewatch of everything. Mm. So this season is actually even more powerful because I'm so close to having watched things that are like, um, uh, what's the Brotherhood?
3: The Brotherhood Without Borders? Yeah, the,
2: Yes, that's the that's the the ones that bring the bringing them yeah. back, right? The guy who comes back,
3: yeah. D- Dale is ready to poach. He, he's he's getting close up on the mic. He's ready to poach about something. About he me.
2: is. He's getting he's getting excited.
3: We're right in his wheelhouse. Look at my lips. The steam from
1: the water on the charcoal is like glistening and glossing my face and my shiny lips. I got some sort of Maybe he puts like more this, coal in the brazier. This slave made like just like a little piece hanging.
3: Woof. Woof.
1: as i said i probably have like both my uh the backs of my thighs are like sitting on this granite it's like wettened <laughs> by the steam
2: it wettened <laughs> uh, so uh yeah the brotherhood <laughs> we've not seen them in about three seasons right, right? yeah but i just watched the season that they were on and then watch the episode where they show back up for the first time in three seasons. So they were still super fresh in my mind from rewatching it at the same time where Casey had kind of forgotten. Cause she's, she has, she's not rewatched it in a while where she kind of was like, Oh, I've f- totally forgot about those guys. You had
3: mentioned a rewatch and one of the most confusing parts, probably the only part I, I don't know if I can even say I didn't like it. I didn't like it is when Littlefinger shows up with, I imagine the armies of the veil like I couldn't mm-hmm. connect about how that was able to happen so did Santa send a, a raven or so what do you what do you surmise happened cuz why would she not tell John that she had reinform, reinforcements coming
2: well she hint she's she's she subtly said it so this is what I'm thinking and I think that they may have n-
0: Sorry Slim, Slim is not caught up. I apologize to Slim. I'm like 9 nine I'm like 9 seasons back. It's not a big deal that you guys are talking about it.
2: Oh yeah, you're yeah. yeah. So here's I think that they tried to do a misdirect and I de- this is my guessing. I don't know that their misdirect worked in a way that they thought was unless I got it wrong. So there was the time they were sitting there and they just went and asked the um, what was the young girl who's the ruler of that when they asked for her men?
3: Bear Island. where were uh, Mormons right. Jura Mormons and she, from.
2: And, yeah, and she gave 62 men or whatever, right? Right. And then after that is when they were in the camp and Sansa was like, this isn't enough. And he was like, it's all we got. And she was like, well, it doesn't matter. It's not enough. And then she looks over at the ravens, Right. So, the sequence that they showed you is they have their conversation. There's not enough men. She looks over at the ravens and then they cut. And the next scene is them giving a, a scroll to the blackfish at what's that place? Blackwater or something? River Run. River Run. So, the next scene that you see after she looks at the raven is somebody giving a scroll to. The blackfish at River Run, and he's like, I don't know. And this, like, this is from Sansa. He's like, I don't know her mark. I only met her when she was a kid. And then he reads right. her thing, and he still says. So, so I think, I think that the misdirect was when she looked at the raven. They wanted you to think that the raven, the scroll that she sent there, was that to the blackfish.
3: Right, but that that I mean, that was too disjointed. So like, my feeling is this to mobilize the entire forces of the Vale, you know, John Arryn's heirs, mm-hmm. isn't going to take it. They, they had the discussion on the eve of battle. Yeah, their, their next conversation was, you know, uh, Davos is going to go S himself because he's going to fight in the morning. There's no way. That army had already had to be on the way. Right. Absolutely. Yes, my, it was. In my, in my That's mind. why
2: Sansa was t- I think Sansa had, was waiting to see if they'd show up. Because if you remember the words,
3: oh, so you don't think she was sure that Littlefinger would honor his agreement? So she wasn't she said say
2: that. she said to John, when you know that moment where she was in the room and she was saying, "Why won't you guys listen to me? I know him better than any of you, right?" Because this season, th- like this season, has benefited from them getting ahead of the books because y- you notice a big sea change in them giving a lot of agency to the female characters now in this season where they're not just kind of pivot points now for all the men's stories. Now they're like every female in the show now is kind of their story and they're the leaders. And so Sansa Sansa was in that room and she was like, why don't you guys listen to me? I know, I know Bolton more than better than any of you yet. You're not even coming to me to ask me about this. She's like, we're not ready. Why don't you wait? We should wait until we have more people. And and they have that argument again. And so she is saying,
3: she was like, wink, wink. Yes. I think.
2: And the only thing is, I don't know that they, I don't know that they sold the subtext there enough for you to be able to read into it. Or if they didn't want you to read into it, because I like, once they show again, the rewatch has given me a benefit as well on something else. But I was like, I think that she said, "Let's wait," because she was hoping that he was going to.
3: That little honor. figure was already on the way. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, All right.
2: But the, and then, and the other thing that made me know that they were going to show up regardless was as I'm rewatching. I mean, watching this show, watching four seasons inside of a couple weeks mm. is crazy because okay. you start to notice patterns that you didn't notice over the course of four years. The one pattern I noticed is every single battle on this show, a new force swoops in at the end. Every battle. Oh, wow. Okay. Every single battle, a force shows up at the end to change the tide. And I wouldn't have noticed that that pattern had I not been watching it back to back to back over the last couple weeks. And I even told Casey, I was like, dude, this battle's crazy. Somebody's getting ready to swoop in because everybody swooped in. Like if you look at the Battle of Blackwater... Uh, Lannister Tywin Tywin swooped in at the end. It's every single time somebody comes in to change the tides. If you look at uh, even the when they attacked the wall, um, they thought they were defeated, and then all of a sudden uh, Stannis. he Stanis Stannis came out. It's like every time there's a big big conflict, there's a there's a there's a side group that comes in and changes the tide and and and, and re- writes it again. Um, so. Again, I don't know that they necessarily th- threaded that needle for you to pick up on it, but that's that's the best that I can grasp on what they were, what they, what the intentions were from a storytelling point. I think
3: uh, I did think the most bad a moment is when Ramsey's like, "Don't worry, I bolted the door. We have two years of provisions. I'm not worried about them." And then the giant just breaks the door down. I think that was pretty amazing.
2: Oh, uh, this episode was. So good it was. I mean, it I, it definitely was. I think the best episode of all all six seasons so far. Wow! It was like watching a mini epic fantasy movie. Like mm-hmm. everything came to. You got crazy dragon scenes. You got a legit battle. If if anything about the Game of Thrones battle so far is usually they kind of show a couple fights and then yeah. they cut away and like
1: and they paint you know, a picture of like use your head and picture the whole thing. in
2: Right. And so to finally get an episode, I mean, Casey, as Casey and I watched it, we kept pausing it to make sure that it wasn't about to end. Cause you yeah. know, uh,
3: especially the opening scene in Marine, you're like, Oh, the, how is this not a finale? This is like the yeah. first 20 minutes of the episode. And it's got like $30 million worth of dragon footage. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's great. And that battle scene, Slim, when you get to this episode in the next seven years, uh, it is it is one of the dopest fantasy battles, maybe battle scenes. Period. I don't even care about fantasy. Maybe one of the dopest battle scenes I've seen filmed, almost ever. Like
3: when Jon Snow is like he goes after Rickon, obviously, and uh, you know plays right into Ramsay's hands. And then he sees the whole cavalry of Winterfell charging him, and he just like shrugs and takes off his sword belt. Like maybe one of the like top five most bad a moments in Game of Thrones history, because you felt for a second that he could just kill every single one of them with Longclaw, and then just like
2: and at the same time, and you were about ready to cry because yeah, and you were about ready to cry because he's getting ready. You're like, oh, he's yeah,
3: gone. Yeah, there's no way like, he's going to mm-hmm. fight four hundred horse horsemen, horses. the <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like well I would say the only if if this episode had a chink in its armor, it would be that Rickon should have zigzagged.
3: I mean Yeah, why on. would you just run straight? You got somebody shooting arrows at you. Yeah.
2: I mean Yeah. Yeah, you got four you got four hundred yards. You know, run straight. <laughs> Rickon. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the Prometheus, where she's running from the donut ship. Like l- four steps to the left, and you're you're good, <laughs> right? Like you're golden. Exactly. You know, only like only
3: a handful of episodes stand in my mind. One is like hard home. It's one of the maybe the penultimate uh, episode last season, where John is kind of leaving the remnants of the Night's Watch against the uh, Night's King's army, and then he's away. He's getting on the boat. Mm. And then the Night King just raises everybody from the dead, like that scene when he's reminded like, me a lot when He's of, like, "What's up?" Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, all that hard work you did. Guess what? We're all back." Yeah. So
2: he just goes like, "Come get some, bro. Come get some."
3: Or like the first time that Daenerys uses the dragons, like when he get when she gets the unsolid, like the first time when she goes to buy them, and the uh, slave masters like being a real d, and so she just calls the dragon to burn them to death. Like those are the moments that like. And it's all dragons and Jon Snow. That's the only thing I can remember. I'm just getting older.
2: Well, that was an- yeah. Well, that's another. That's another pattern that you start noticing is that, um, is the the dragon in- the end of an episode dragon scene. Yeah, where it's always like, uh, what what are we going to do at the end of this episode? We're going to have like a and then just like swooping up, and then you know then it's all over. Yeah, yeah. The dragons definitely wrap it up a lot. But, yeah, it was good. You saw it, Dale, right?
3: Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it was great. Oh, God, we never asked him. What if we'd been talking this whole time and he hadn't seen it? I would have just unplugged my
1: computer and said the power went out again.